0: Yeah. Mmm, that's drawing we Boomin' out of the way. Uh uh-huh. We've done it with robotic arm on the space shuttle. We've done it with direct launch of modules. prepared for Late speed. For the spaceship now, I'm a space cadet. Bit white mention in my habitat. Aim a lot of stitch like a laser tag Fuck a rich beach, haven't written set. Smoke a lot of trees, need a weed plant. Didn't take all in, where to lean at on
1: what's going on everybody it's your boy Jordan
0: and this is Desmond
1: and welcome to episode 143 of two black nerds that's right it's that time once again for us to bring you our opinions and our takes on all things fandom, pop culture, and entertainment. As always, you can find Two Black Nerds wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a friendly rating and comment to show your support. And of course, join in on the conversation each and every week by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Black Nerds. We appreciate that. Love y'all, and let's not forget to mention we have merchandise that's available now at TwoBlackNerds.com. Go check out our Nerds of Thunder collection inspired by Thor: Love and Thunder. We got T-shirts, crew necks, stickers, mugs, and tote bags. So go ahead and place those orders right now. On today's show, we're reacting to all of the big news from this year's D23 Expo, including the announcements that just came out of the Marvel Studios and Lucasfilm panel. Plus, we'll also be discussing the news from the Disney and Pixar side of things that kicked off the weekend. But before we get to any and all of that, we're kicking off this podcast with our big picture thoughts about everything that was revealed. So, we know that D23 is the big, big event that Disney hosts biannually, I believe it is, every couple of years. And of course, we knew that Marvel Studios was going to be present, Star Wars and Lucasfilm were going to be present, as well as other. Other things that were going to come out of live action, Disney, Walt Disney Animation, Pixar, they really take the moment in this weekend to roll out the red carpet for all things that will be coming out amongst their respective slates over the... Course of the next few years or so. And obviously, we were looking forward to specifically a lot of things that would come specifically from Marvel and Lucasfilm. Mm-hmm. And we also got a lot of additional news that I wasn't quite expecting to hear, but definitely pleased to see that we do have some updates regarding some things. We just finished watching the actual live action panel from Marvel Studios and Lucasfilm. So we're doing this podcast fresh off of everything that we just saw. So you're going to get some very unfiltered, immediate reactions <laughs> to all of the news. But before we talk about the specific announcements, the specific things that we saw what do you overall think about everything that we heard and i'm really interested to get your thoughts about what we saw out of marvel studios and lucasfilm and just the amount or lack thereof that we got from those respective panels and just like Mm -hmm. what's your overall impression from the news that we got and heard this weekend
0: yeah on the star wars side of things i am very surprised by the amount of things that came out of that panel specifically i think you know coming into this we knew a decent amount of projects that lucasfilm had coming but to see um, just so many new things kind of spring up and uh, announcements of, of of sequel and sequel seasons and things coming I just I don't know why I wasn't ready for <laughs> some of that stuff but some of it was like damn y'all coming out with that too damn y'all doing that too um, and so yeah I, w- I really wasn't expecting that out of the Star Wars side out of the Marvel side first and foremost we predicted a decent amount of stuff that was happening here um, I expected I think one more boomy type thing out of the out of the um the panel and i don't think we necessarily got that did we get things that i was looking forward to that i loved absolutely we'll talk about those in a second but i, I just don't know i just thought there would be one more kind of thing that's just oh yeah that is that is crazy that they that they did that so just a little surprised about that but other than that uh, we even kind of discussed it that We wouldn't be too surprised if they didn't come out with too, too much, you know, because they did do a decent amount at Comic-Con. And here we are uh, looking for even more at D23. So I think they, again, did a decent amount. But, yeah, man, just a couple of things that we tried to predict that felt like something they would do they just didn't do and it and it, it felt like educated guesses from us either some stuff sure some stuff was out of control that we were guessing on purpose right but other things we were like oh yeah they'll probably do that and they didn't and so it, it's a slight slight disappointment there uh for sure but again just still happy to be here um and happy until these get the things that we did get because we didn't have to be here at all so
1: The important thing to remember is that they never promise anything coming into these big panels and these big expos, right? We just come into it hoping and wanting to see certain things, but they Mm -hmm. never promise what we're going to see. So in reality, anything that we get is kind of a privilege to be a part of this information and these new developments. That being said, on the Marvel side of things, I'll start theres I, I can't help but feel still underwhelmed even though I came into this knowing that we wouldn't really get that much. I already mm. knew and had it set in my mind that Comic-Con was a huge splash. They they really rolled out the red carpet and made, I think, a pretty big impression there with just all of the announcements as it relates to fight, Phase 5 and Phase 6. And they went as so far as to really give us the entire vision, the grand vision of what this saga is going to be with the multiverse saga in announcing the final two Avengers movies that'll close out Phase 6. So, coming into D23, there's not really much more that could trump that and be and be even bigger than those announcements, unless you wanted to lean into Mutants, Fantastic Four, specific things about the Fantastic Four, and then potentially Deadpool, which they didn't really do any of those things. Those would have been the huge bombs that they could have dropped, that they probably would have held from Comic-Con to save for this, and they ultimately did not go... For releasing any information as it relates to those things, we did find out Matt Shackman is indeed to is confirmed to indeed direct Fantastic Four. We pretty much already knew that, but Kevin Feige gets on stage and pretty much kind of sidesteps it and says, "We're not going to really talk about that today." So we just have to wait, you know, longer and longer Mm -hmm. to figure out what that's going to look like mutant stuff, X-Men stuff. I never expected that in a million right. years. I I have it pretty set in my mind. I could be wrong, but I have it pretty set in my mind that this saga is not going to deal anything with mutants in mm-hmm. any meaningful way. I think that that's going to be hell for the next saga. The disappointing, somewhat disappointing thing is kind of the uh the Deadpool stuff. Like we want yeah, more out of exactly. that too because it has been so long but we didn't get anything there. The stuff that they did show, however, I was pretty impressed by. Mm-hmm. I did like what we saw. They did drop a couple of trailers that are really impressive and feel like they're taking the mcu in a bit of a different direction so i like that stuff and they brought out a lot of cast members which is always to be expected they're going to have the stars present there to talk about these respective projects so i imagine for the people that were present they got a lot of great stuff because there was exclusive footage there were things that we did not see as a Mm -hmm. public audience so i imagine if you were there probably felt like a better experience hearing about it at home on social media it's like oh okay you know that's cool that's fine Mm -hmm. we already knew that there wasn't any Real new announcement outside of Werewolf by Night. That was kind of the new announcement that we knew it was coming. But there wasn't any surprise announcement in terms of, like, here's a new project. Here's a new Disney Plus series or a new movie. Star Wars, on the other hand, they did have a lot more. And most of it seems interesting. And I'm curious as to what Star Wars is going to look like over the course of the next couple of years. I'm a little upset that there's no movie stuff though i Mm -hmm. I wanted a movie i wanted a movie announcement i wanted some idea of when we were going to get star wars back in theaters and we're still not there yet and i have this weird feeling about star wars in general just because of the quality of their shows have not been hitting for me in the best way lately Mm -hmm. outside of the mandalorian and i just wonder you know if star wars has that same special quality to it that it used to have i don't know if it really has it anymore because we Mm -hmm. are getting so much stuff we are getting a lot of animated series live action series are still coming and half of it's probably really good. The other half is a little so-so. I just feel like we might be lacking the special, the special feelings that we used to associate with Star Wars, where mm-hmm. it felt like this huge event. Now it kind of feels a little small. I think compared to what it might have been in its heyday. You know, just even right. in, six or seven years ago when we were getting that sequel trilogy. But there are still some things that I'm that I'm keenly excited about that we'll we'll go through today. But let's talk about Marvel and the stuff that we found out. So. We got some trailers. We got a couple of new trailers specifically for some Disney Plus things that we were anticipating and hoping we would get some news about and also mm-hmm. one of them is like coming out in weeks so I imagine we we were both coming into this expecting like well there has to be something about Werewolf by Night like what's going to happen there <laughs> we did indeed get a trailer and we also got a trailer for Secret Invasion let's start with the Secret Invasion trailer so that dropped we don't have an official release date we just know that it's going to come in 2023 obviously the series is starring Samuel L. Jackson mm-hmm. Colby Motors is also coming back they also have a really really nice ensemble cast Ben Mendelsohn is back as Talos Martin Freeman's going to be returning Returning as ever, K. Ross. I don't know if I knew that before today. I didn't know he was in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, Don Cheadle's also in the show as Rody and then we have some newcomers. Olivia Coleman is also here. Amelia Fire. Clark Fire. herself is here. King Kingsley Benadir. and so we got Fire. looks at all these people in this <laughs> in this trailer. And so, what did you think about what we saw here? What did you think about this first this first ninety second or so trailer that we got for Secret Invasion?
0: I loved it. Um, it looks very uh, uh, gritty to me, you know, even though it is. It seems to be on the ground. It's still very much galactic at the same time because we're dealing with scrolls at the end of the day, right? So I love that about it. I think they found a good, uh, uh, really, what feels like a, a spy TV show in a lot of different ways. Um, like if you take, imagine, I don't know, taking The Winter Soldier and you make it into a TV show. It's like, hey, and it's probably a pretty decent TV show. Uh, and so it, it, it really feels like that, man. I love the the dark nature of this. Like nothing about this story Feels like there's any happiness to it, right? And I know that's been a big critique of the MCU in the past, right? A lot of people are like, I don't know, I can't watch Ant Man. It's too happy for me. You know what I'm saying? I can't watch this. It's too happy. Secret Invasion looks like. I don't think you're gonna laugh at all. You know, there doesn't seem to be any comedic tones as far as we can see so far in Secret Invasion. And so, uh, again, I really like that about it. The greediness, the 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 noirness of it, the down to to the earth of it. I also just love seeing this cast together. Cause you see Samuel Jackson looks like okay this dude obviously we know him to be uh, Nick Fury right but he's never had his specifically his own thing like he of course he got a lot of screen time throughout the MCU right even more so he got a ton of screen time in uh, Captain Marvel but this is like no this is you could literally rename this to Nick Fury if you wanted to and I think it'd be pretty accurate in terms of a TV show and I also love that about it because he's one of the greatest of all time. So and then you're watching the trailer and you're like this dude is just killing it in the trailer. I love the way it looks. I love the the, the color grading. And then like Olivia Coleman pops up and you're just like, "Oh yeah, okay. I think this is this has the makings. I'm I'm saying this very early. This is very optimistic on my side. It has the makings to be the best not not the highest bar either, clearly. But it has the makings to be the best MCU show on Disney Plus that we've seen thus far. Um just everything surrounding it, the way the trailer looks, the way it seems like this, this feels like care again. You know, we're kind of talking about how you have to care about things. This felt like care. Even the trailer just felt like it had more uh, weight to it. It felt like it had a bigger budget than all of the other MCU shows we've been watching. It just feels like a production. This is the one you you kind of spoke um, in, in She-Hulk yesterday. You kind of talked about, I think it was She-Hulk, but you kind of talked about how the MCU, at, at some point, the way they cut their TV shows together. It's like, okay, let's kind of make a little mini TV movie and then cut them into our episodes, this just feels like a better movie or a higher budgeted movie than that they would have to cut up into episodes. And uh, I think I really like that about it, man. So I really really enjoyed the trailer. Um, It was short, but it was like, damn, really, that's all I need. I'm good to go in terms of this TV show, man. Because Secret Invasion is such an important storyline to everything that we have coming up, right? Secret Invasion leads into Secret Wars. Like, all of this... Is is tied together, and so this is the this is really the first show that I've seen a trailer, and I and I felt like that's going to be important for the MCU, versus like a lot of the other stuff we watch. We have to watch it first, and we got okay, is this going to be important? As soon as Wild Vision came out, we we're like, oh, this is probably important, but we have to watch it first. Secret Invasion is like, no, you probably gonna have to watch this for sure in order to understand what's happening after the events of the show. So again, I I really like the trailer, and I'm excited for it.
1: It looks great. I'm I'm super excited for Secret Invasion. As you said, this very much feels like what they did with the Winter Soldier, and this is going to be a full blown spy thriller. Uh, it seems like that there's high stakes involved. You also have the element of an alien invasion. There's paranoia. You don't know who's who, and there's an incredible cast here. Amelia Clark looks great. Olivia Coleman. I think she's probably the best actress in the world. So you have her in the MCU now. That's incredible. Be- Kingsley Benadir, excuse me, he has all of these clones of himself that pop up. And, and, you know, obviously that's representative of just like what's happening with the Kree and the Scroll that are probably going to be big, big prominent characters throughout the show. So overall, it just looks great. I thought I mm-hmm. thought that this trailer captured the essence of what they told us it would be delivering upon that promise that this is going to be this really epic spy paranoia thriller about trust and distrust and the government and just all of this, this 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 confusing this confusing nature about this alien invasion that's probably occurring and yes there's big implications for this show in terms of what it could tie to whether it's secret wars the marvels which also also comes out next year there just feels like so many different opportunities that it can tie into other things we also did find out that armor wars is moving forward in fact we did not hear anything about armor wars at comic-con earlier this year wasn't on the slate but in 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 fact it is moving forward Don Cheadle is in Secret Invasion he'll also be starring in Armor Wars and they Mm -hmm. told us essentially that those two series will tie directly into each other the events of Armor Wars will take place after the events of Secret Invasion still no release date for that one either but also good to see Don Cheadle playing a little bit more of a prominent role here as well the other trailer that we got. Was for Werewolf by Night, which is something we've been talking about quite a bit. The news was reported earlier this year that this was moving ahead, that they would be developing basically a Halloween special for Werewolf by Night. And we found out that Gail Garcia Bernal would be starring as the main character. Michael Giacchino, very beloved film composer, is directing the series. And it's going to be coming out in just a few short weeks here. We got an official release date and we also saw a first look trailer at it to really get a sense of the style of it. And what's really kind of interesting for me that stood out is the fact that this has like an entirely different branding to it than other things. It's been branded as a Marvel studio special presentation. They even included a brand new logo at the top of it. And mm-hmm. it appears as if they're creating a separate wing of content that's going to be developed. That's going to fall up under this, this new banner that they've developed. This would probably be, this would be a part of it. I think the guardians of the galaxy holiday mm-hmm. special would probably be a part of it. Yeah. I think it's a smart decision too, because it falls in between that middle ground of it's not a feature length movie that's going to come out in theaters, but it's not a weekly episodic or serialized series. It's going to be really a standalone special, probably an hour long, maybe 45 minutes or so. But this presented to us a, a very striking visual look that we've not seen in the MCU up until this point. What are your thoughts about what we saw with uh, Werewolf by Night?
0: I am so interested in this, man. I've it's. Every time Marvel just decides to take uh, uh, just a a weird swing at something we've never seen before, for me, it usually ends up being enjoyable, right? Of course, for whatever reason, the movie is controversial, but you watch Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, it's very clear that Sam Raimi had his hands on that movie, and it looks different. It feels different than a lot of things that we've seen in the MCU, and coming into Werewolf by Night, this trailer, man, I love... Them sticking to this 1940s, 1950s horror thing they got going on, man. It looks really interesting to me, and something different than they've ever done before. Man, thing is in here. I was like, is that man thing? I, I was like, what, what are we doing? It just looks really cool to me, man. Um, I, I legit can't wait to watch it. It feels as Halloweeny as it should. I'm happy it, it it looks so different. I mean, I'm pretty sure arm got cut off somewhere in the trailer which it was I was like yes this is this is exactly what you should give us so um I'm I'm very excited to watch this man I think that it has uh, uh it has potential again to be something so different if if it even though it is a special presentation I'm hoping it's good enough to live beyond itself <laughs> you know what i mean like if it's if it's this good i hope they're like okay let's do something else different and new let's do something uh similar to this but man i'm, I'm loving the tone i'm loving them sticking to this 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 time period of of influence um and i hope it comes out good man but i'm excited for
1: now i, I really liked it Trailer completely caught me off guard. I was not expecting it to look this way. There were rumors that it was going to be in black and white, which makes sense, but I didn't realize they were going to lean so heavily into it. Very much resembles the style of those 30s and 40s Universal Monster movies, which is If you're tapping into that, that's that's amazing influence to inject into this character. Right. And so it's definitely a character that isn't that well known, probably by general audiences. It is more of a I would say a C-list character. Certainly there's ties to Moon Knight, which is something we saw earlier this year. And they might they might create some connective tissue between those two Mm -hmm. properties. But what we saw here, I, I just thought it looked so weird and wacky and wild and Almost just like kind of nostalgic in the best ways possible. And Mm -hmm. Gail Garcia Bernal, he is an incredible, incredible actor. I I would encourage people to see his work if you haven't. I'm very excited to see what he brings and and just the the dual personalities that he's going to have to deal with. And as you said, just like Man-Thing randomly popping up, which is kind of crazy because Kevin Feige worked on a Man-Thing movie like when he was coming (laughs) up into this whole thing. And so this is kind of a weird full circle moment that you just wouldn't anticipate. But here we are. But overall, I just think that this looks incredible it looks incredible it has all the makings to be one of my favorite things that we probably see out of face for the cinematography the sound the trailer isn't even has like voiceover narration the old school voiceover narration almost a grindhouse style type of trailer and and it really just calls back to a, a completely different era so you can tell that the people not only in marvel but also the team specifically behind this project they just love the history of movies michael giacchino he loves film mm. he loves influences and style and creating something that feels just far removed from everything else in the MCU. And that's really, that's going to sustain this whole cinematic universe is them taking these big swings and doing stuff. That's going to be dramatically different than all we've seen before. So yeah. I can't wait to see it next month when it comes out, we also got a few casting announcements. So in iron heart, Anthony Ramos, who we knew was going to be in the show. He's finally confirmed to be playing Parker Robert, Parker Robbins, excuse me, aka the hood. And then in Loki season two, we found out Ke huai Kwan, who was in Everything Everywhere All at Once earlier this year, is going to be playing a TVA employee in, mm-hmm. the, in the upcoming season of the show, which is really funny because Daniels were going to direct Loki. Initially, they really? eventually stepped away from Loki to make everything everywhere all at once. So now one of the guys that they ultimately brought back to the forefront of Hollywood, who hadn't really worked in quite a while, is now going to sh- pop up in a Marvel show that's going to come out in 2023. So some interesting casting news here. I think the Anthony Ramos news is probably the more curious one just because of who he's playing, the hood. This is this is a character who has a lot of mystical abilities, a lot of magic that's associated with the hood. And so I know we've talked a lot about what, what the whole magic and mystical element of the MCU might look like. Mm-hmm. There's... Rumors and ideas that maybe at some point they'll introduce Midnight Suns. We didn't get anything about that today on the live action side. But that is a property that they could absolutely tap into because they are slowly but surely introducing a lot of the Midnight Sun characters. But uh, what are your thoughts on just like the casting news for for some of these other Disney Plus shows?
0: Yeah, man, I actually heard about uh, Anthony Ramos in the, in the hood quite a maybe like a month ago or so. Uh, but it's just really cool. I think it being reiterated here, especially Anthony Ramos being such a talented actor. Um again from what we know him in Hamilton to what we know him in uh he, shoot, he was in the blind spot in TV show, but also of course in the heights and it's just really cool to see some of our, you know, the people I just feel like we're growing up with a lot of these people acting wise. <laughs> and so it's really cool to see them um jump from from project to project and be like, damn, you in Marvel stuff now? That's really cool. Um uh, but for him to be playing the hood, I think it's really dope. I think it's I, I really like that. In, in in the age of, I guess, this new cultural boom of the MCU, it'll be great to see Riri playing opposite of Anthony Ramos. You know what I mean? It's like really cool representation because how often do we see that? <laughs> Two multicultural, you know what I'm saying, antagonists and protagonists is very rare, especially in the MCU. And so I think this would be a, a, a really just a great addition um, into what the MCU looks like. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's dope. Key, Key Kwan Kwan is hilarious that this, this is going to be a TVA employee. It, I, I'm going to be looking for him to do some Kung Fu naturally because of everything <laughs> every all at once where he was whooping ass. Um, but uh, again, just good news here, man. He's, he's so talented. He's also been working for like so long. I mean, like the 80s or something crazy like that. So it'll be it, it'll just be really great to see him again. Um, hopefully, he's a he's not a douchebag T B A employee. I hope he's like an important friend to Loki or something, because that's just what I want to see him as. I'm selfish, I know. Um, but yeah, it's 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 cool to see him here, man. So really, really cool castings again, multicultural castings, which are even more important to me. Um, so I, I just excited for that in the future of of what that looks like.
1: They also confirmed that Ryan Coogler is going to be the executive producer on Ironheart, which I think makes a lot of sense. We will be introduced to Riri Williams and Black Panther Wakanda Forever, who also had a presence here at their panel, mostly just brought out the cast. I believe they showed some exclusive footage that featured a lot of Namor in that footage at the at the D23 audience. But he's going to be EPing the Ironheart series, doubling down really on his commitment to the MCU. We know that there's other things in development, possibly some spin spinoff series. That was one of our predictions didn't come to fruition. We might hear something about that in the near future with the with the sequel coming out in November, but overall, yes, this stuff is uh, it's really cool to see, and Ironheart slowly but surely becoming, I think, even more and more important to the overall fabric of what the, the, the next future phases are going to be for the MCU. They did give us a few updates on the theatrical side of things, so the cast of the Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania movie, which is about five months away. It's right around the corner, really. I thought we might have been getting a trailer today. I thought that that was actually when I thought about it, I was like, oh, wow, we're we're (laughs) actually pretty close to the release of this movie. There is a big chance we might see a trailer. They did play a trailer, but only for the audience in attendance at D23. We didn't see anything publicly, but overall brought out the cast they did you know further discussion about the film and what it's going to you know be and ultimately how it's going to play out in terms of the larger context of the MCU of course Kang the Conqueror being the the big bad of that movie and uh, we also found out that it directly links with Avengers of Kang Dynasty which again no surprise that that mm-hmm. seems very very much the the way of things as we move ahead in phase five and phase six randall park is also going to be returning as jimmy woo we did however get a lot of interesting updates about captain america new world order because we found out some returning characters that'll be a part of that cast coming back from the falcon and the winter soldier so danny ramirez will be back as joaquin torres joaquin torres in the comic books ultimately became the the next falcon he became the successor to falcon once falcon took up the mantle of captain america it seems like they're very much playing into that same sensibility here we also see Saw and found out that Tim Blake Nelson will be returning as the leader in that movie, which we've <laughs> talked about Tim Blake Nelson already with the <laughs> She-Hulk Attorney at Law conversation that we have each and every week. Suspecting that he might be in this show, now this news doesn't mean that he is not in this show. This actually could almost indirectly be confirming that he isn't. He's possibly tied to She-Hulk Attorney at Law, but even if he isn't, he is coming back. He will be mm-hmm. back in Captain America: New World Order. I believe 14 years after we last wow. saw him play. This role in the Incredible Hulk Hulk. So a big, big gap there. And then last but certainly not least, Carl Lumbly will be back as Isaiah Bradley in Captain America New World Order. And we know Isaiah Bradley and that particular character had a big, big, important role in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier a couple of years ago. Um, What excites you about these these casting announcements and these impending returns of some of these actors?
0: uh they're just all important man um first of all you have a new captain america i, I still love that they have a new falcon it's like of course gifts you know help you have somebody um to take your mantle you know what i'm saying I, so i think that's cool that he's passing that uh to to joaquin torres man tim blake nelson back as the leader man let's it was When I seen the news, it was just like, we just talked about this, <laughs> and, and here we are um, once again. So, Tim Blake Nelson, man, returning as leader is huge, um, because one, it's Tim Blake Nelson. He's also just a phenomenal actor, um, but also the leader is a really cool villain that's kind of been in limbo, right? That's kind of what we, we, we talked about and why we expected to see him in She-Hulk. It'd be a really good villain to bring back, and here we are, and they're bringing him back. Is he the villain? I think that's the biggest question, like... Them telling us that he's the villain is like, or that he's coming back is like, okay, what is his role exactly? Because in Incredible Hulk, it was like, and the leader is like a villain, but he's not, you know, the main antagonist. So that'll be interesting to see how they play or what they do with him in that movie. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very curious what happens there. Carl Lumbly as Isaiah Bradley, man. Like you said, super. The best parts of that TV show to me were the things that where, where Carl Lumbly existed, the 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 conversations they had with with, with blackness in America were very important to me because it's not something the MCU does. So I still love this idea that as as um, um, Sam steps into this role as Captain America, he has to have a mentor of some sort who's like okay i've not only kind of been there done that but i also didn't get the same recognition you're gonna get uh i have a different view of things and this is how you should move so i i, I really love that idea but also if you have isaiah bradley here i'm sure eli bradley has to pop up somewhere because he's gonna be a young adventurer sometime so um i i, I like this uh this this casting too just again very reassuring news that these people that Danny and Carl Lumbly are returning but also really cool news that Tim Blake Nelson is joining the lineup it's really cool stuff
1: yeah, Tim Blake Nelson, he's the one I'm the most excited about just because we haven't seen him in forever in the MCU since the early days, really. Uh, I had a feeling Isaiah Bradley would pop back up. It just it just makes sense. He he almost right. can serve in a mentor capacity to, to Anthony Mackie's Sam Wilson in that film. And so overall, just, again, super excited about this. The logo, the new logo that they debuted looks incredible. And so this also seems like it'll play a pivotal role moving ahead, especially with Phase 5, I, I would presume... That Captain America this role of Captain America at least is going to be the leader of whatever the next incarnation of the Avengers is going to be could be mm-hmm. wrong about that but it seems like that they might be setting that up and so I think that this movie will play a pivotal role in setting that up and establishing Sam Wilson really is Captain America not only for us that already watched about Falcon and the Winter Soldier but I think the world at large needs to really understand like no this is the guy now this is the guy that has a mantle mm-hmm. he's going to be leading the team into the next generation as they come into the impending conflict with Kang because That ain't going to be no shit to take easy and and take lightly, so they'll have to be ready for that. We also got an official lineup for the Thunderbolts movie. Didn't get that at Comic-Con, but they did indeed save that for here at D23. Certainly a bit shocked at this lineup. Some things make a lot of sense. Some things were certainly spot on the money in terms of who we were expecting. And then there's some notable absences, I would say. So, I'll just run it down, and then we can talk about it. So, we know that Julia Louis-Dreyfus will be back as Contessa Val. Um, David Harbour is actually joining as Red Guardian. That was a bit of a shocker to me, but makes sense, I think, in the grand scheme of things, especially with the relationship that he has with Yelena. His surrogate daughter is adopted—not surrogate, but a- adoptive daughter, I should say. Wyatt Russell is coming back as John Walker, a.k.a. U.S. agent. Hannah John-Kamen will be returning as Ghost, who we saw in Ant-Man and the Wasp a few years ago. Florence Pugh, of course, is going to be returning it as Yelena, presumably the leader of the team, I would imagine— certainly the most charismatic. So I think it, it makes sense to make her the leader amongst this lineup. Olga K- Kurilenko is also going to be coming back as Taskmaster, who was that was a controversial depiction of that particular <laughs> character. So they're bringing back yeah. Olga from the Black Widow movie and sticking with that that particular uh, interpretation of that character. And then last but not least, Sebastian Stan will be returning as Bucky Barnes, aka the Winter Soldier for this lineup. So this seems to be the final lineup. But I, I wonder, do you think that more names will potentially be added because we are missing Zemo, who is right. probably the most widely associated character with this team amongst mm-hmm. anybody, and he's not here. And we're also missing, I think, Abomination, who we we, we thought we might see as a part of this as well, but mm-hmm. nowhere to be found on this particular list. Do you think more names are coming, or, or is this potentially going to be all that we see when that movie comes out?
0: Man, I don't know. Usually when they come out with a lineup like this, it feels very definitive, but maybe... Yeah, I'm not sure, man. It feels this feels really weird without Zemo. Abomination I can kind of do without, but just because one Zemo exists in this world, <laughs> two Thunderbolts without Zemo is like what? What are we doing? Um so yeah, without him it it yeah, I don't know. It just feels weird, man. Like is he going to at least be in the movie just not on the team? Like I need some <laughs> clarification sure. of yeah. where Zemo is. Um especially I guess my other favorite part of Falcon Winter Soldier was some a lot of the Zemo stuff. I was like, man, this dude is this dude is weird. But also, we expect him to see to, to to land here in Thunderbolts. And so I have to see where they're going here without Zemo, especially even out of this list, right? Zemo is the most villainous of them all. He's done the most shit out of all these people, which made it seem like, okay, this is an anti-hero team. Some people on here. Uh, you could argue they were held hostage or not even anti-heroes at all, right? Red Guardian mm-hmm. was technically a hero. Yelena was held against her will. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, Bucky's been good for years now. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. It's just like, damn, no Zemo? Because he felt like the the, the anti-hero that f- made the team feel anti-hero. So that's definitely throwing me throwing me off. But Abomination is the same way. He what he also did the most shit. So it's like they took the two people who did the most bad shit and was like, eh. Ah we're good here. I don't know why they did that, man. It's, it's, it's a really weird feeling for me. Um, and I have to see where they're going here. Uh, but again, even, even ghost was like, she was, she just got fucked up. She wasn't like necessarily doing bad stuff. You know what I'm saying? Not on, not she was doing bad stuff, but you know what I'm saying? She was her, her, uh, her motives were kind of in the right spot compared to a lot of things other people do. So yeah, it just, it's just really weird. Um, we're, we're going to have to see where, where they, how they play this.
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure how to feel about it. Like, for the most part, I'm fine with it. Of course, you know, wanted to see certain people here like Elena, Bucky coming back. But I I feel like with a few swaps, maybe, this could have been really a perfect lineup. The, the, The Zemo absence is conspicuous at best. And I would be shocked if he really was not in this movie. The only thing that I could imagine that they would potentially be setting up is the fact that if they want to make Thunderbolts a franchise and do multiple movies, then maybe you mm-hmm. hold Zemo off for a sequel, but I don't know. It just feels like you you, you get one real big swing at this, exactly. and hopefully it's going to be amazing. So why would you not include one of the most associated, widely associated characters with this particular group? It's It's a bit confounding to me, so I'm just holding out a little bit of hope that maybe we'll just find him in the movie at a certain point maybe it's being held as a surprise i don't really know but overall this is this is fine I'm, I'm i'm a little i think i'm a little bit less excited though if i'm being real once i just like take a look at this particular lineup now this could all change we could find out an amazing director as a part of this if they introduce mm-hmm. like a really really crazy dope villain that could also up yeah, my excitement but i will i will say that like since it was initially announced at comic-con to now actually seeing the lineup my my excitement's kind of been knocked down not significantly just a couple of pegs and that's really mm-hmm. that's really due to Zemo not being here because I think he's yeah. great it's just a great character so ultimately I do hope that he comes back um as we close up the Marvel stuff any other like last thoughts they also opened up this this presentation with the rendition of Rogers the musical um which <laughs> partly feels like a troll I don't know it kind of feels like one of those things day. where they're trying to troll us because a lot of people did not like uh, that that was, like, the main post-credit scene to that series, but any other thoughts just about, like, what we saw here and ultimately what to expect from Marvel over the, the next couple of years? Yeah, again,
0: man, just have to reiterate that uh, a lot of this, you know, we 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 thought and we seen coming. Um, just expected a little bit more. But now I'm curious at what points in time they do decide to announce some of the things I think we were looking for, right? When do we get a... Deadpool 3's been in limbo for a long time now, which is, you know, part of our predictions. So now it's like... Uh, hello. Like you know what I'm saying, and, and so I'm I'm just interested to see what what is the next opportunity for them to do some of this stuff. Of course, any movie studio can come out with any trailer, at any time, or any announcement at any time. But we just know Disney and Marvel like to make splashes and they like to lay out things for people. So I'm very curious if they wait until some other event to announce some of those things. Um, but but we'll have to see um, on that front. Other than that, again, man, I really like the two trailers we got, Secret Invasion and Werewolf by Night. I'm very impressed by those. I have to say we called Werewolf by Night, like literally verbatim. I was like, if they're going to do it, <laughs> it needs to be right now. And it needs to be October. And I'm, I'm really glad um, that they're going through with that one other thing i'm I'll say is I'm mad I didn't get to see the Ironheart footage <laughs> that they yeah. that that they uh they they gave the people at d23 live but other than that man um again still just very happy to be here so this is these are still good announcements but overall I'm still looking for that fantastic forecast so um ooh that actually that sounds kind of cool fantastic forecast hmm we gotta talk okay <laughs> but yeah that's that's what I'm waiting on at this point.
1: Yeah, you and the rest of us, I mean, that—that that is the big thing that people just want to desperately know, like, we are kind of salivating at this point, because we're also hearing all these rumors, we get these rumors about Pim Badgley as Reed Richards, and Jodie Comer possibly as Sue Storm, and other names are floating around there, and mm-hmm. it's like, it felt so close, it felt like it was right there, and that this was the moment to roll out the cast, and all they did was confirm a director that was spoiled, you know, two weeks ago, which... It is what it is. Again, they never promised that we would get any Fantastic Four news. I would just have to imagine that over the course of the next, I don't know, maybe month, month and a half, we will, we will find out who is a part of that cast because, again, that movie's about two years away. So they're gonna yeah. get the ball rolling this very time. quickly on that, and so I think it's almost about that time. It's just. It feels like that they might have. I don't know. In hind, you know, hindsight, of twenty twenty, but it feels like maybe maybe they overcompensated a little bit at Comic Con mm-hmm. and kind of took away from what they could have really splashed with here. Because I imagine maybe if it was a little bit more of a balance, like yes, service that Comic Con crowd because those are the most ravenous fans you have. Like, Absolutely. You just have to be honest about that. Like those people are they're there for 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 those big huge announcements that you won't get anywhere else. That ex- exclusive stuff. But I just wonder maybe if there was like a couple of things that they saved for d23 maybe that would have helped just the public perception of like what we ultimately got from this but that being said we still got more than we really could have hoped and wished for since they don't promise us anything and and as you said those two trailers in particular especially werewolf by night i'm just so excited for Mm -hmm. for what that's ultimately going to be when it comes out in a few weeks let's talk about star wars lucasfilm we did get quite a bit quite a bit of footage and announcements so they dropped a few new trailers we did in fact get a teaser trailer for the mandalorian season three we also got a trailer for tales of the jedi which is going to be six original shorts coming out this october 26th so it's going to be set sort of in the same time frame i believe as the clone wars mm-hmm. and we also got uh, a new trailer for andor which is literally like going to be out in i don't know a week or so um, so that's right around the corner it's just like another additional look at that and then we got some new new announcements in terms of a, of a new series is going to be coming called skeleton crew which actually just rap filming. Had no idea that they, that they filmed this, but it ra- rap filming. Clue. Um, Jude Law is going to be starring in that show. It's described as a show about kids who get lost in the Star Wars galaxy. I believe it's also set in the New Republic era. So quite a bit from the Star Wars universe. Again, as I said off top, very much continuing to lean into the the streaming side of things. Very much leaning into Disney+, Plus, really owning that space as much as possible. Star Wars has not had a presence in theaters really since 2019 in that last, that last rise of Skywalker film. I think that they're kind of doubling down on that and taking a break from theatrical, which might be smart mm-hmm. speaking to everything i said earlier about the, the the special nature of what star wars used to feel like i think creating a little bit more time in between projects and theaters does make sense however they are also supplementing it with a lot of disney plus stuff there's so yeah. many shows here now there's animated stuff like i still haven't even watched the bad batch i have to catch mm-hmm. up on that right so there's a lot to, to take in here from the animated and live action side but overall what were your impressions from what we got out of star wars and lucasfilm what did you think about that mandalorian trailer tales of the jedi what are your overall thoughts
0: yeah um man just starting off with star wars as a whole man i'm i it's it's been such a weird ride as a star wars fan man i never forget when when episode seven trailer came out i think i watched it like five times a day like it was just the excitement i felt when they told me this movie was coming out was crazy you see ray and you're like who is this and it's out oh, man and you see finn and the helmet pops off and you're just like that a black man <laughs> that's not that's not Lando and Star Wars and uh, I just remember how excited I was for that movie and that movie ended up being um pretty decent um probably yeah just 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 a, a decent Star Wars film of course re- very different than what we expected but decent but I, I have to I can't help but to echo that sentiment hasn't been there for a very long time in terms of what it feels like to really be a Star Wars fan and of course Star Wars is is a movie at its core and so us getting a lot of this Disney Plus uh, 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 TV shows is great. Don't get me wrong. I, I love Star Wars is, will always be bigger than the movies. I've said that Clone Wars is some of the best Star Wars that they've ever come out with a TV show um, slash slash animated series. But the, those movies also have to exist. So it's been interesting to see how they navigate that space. And it's it's constantly just been bittersweet. You even said it at the top of the show. You was like, uh, kind of half and half for the most part. Um, uh, uh, starting off with Mandalorian, though, I think the trailer looks great. Of course, I, this is one of their – it just feels like one of their shoe-ins at this point. It's like I think they just get the Mandalorian. That's one of the shows that they get. Boba Fett, maybe they just don't get it yet, <laughs> you know, like, maybe they just, they just don't understand, but Mandalorian, I think they understand, and so it looks like they're just up in the ante one more time, from season two to season three, it looks like, hey, let's do some, have some more fun adventures, looks like there's more other Mandalorians in the show, um, and it looks good to me, man, I'm, I'm very excited to watch uh Mandalorian, probably, out of anything again cuz that's the, that's what we know now. We're like in the Star Wars fans, we're like, well, we know Mandalorian is going to be good. <laughs> so we can at least have that, but but it's not much else um that we have. What's interesting about Andor is they they the way they're treating this show is they they act like they got something on their hands. Like season 2 already started filming? Oh, that like it's like they know they have something. So it, it, it is piquing my interest for sure. Like Andor is like, mm what do y'all know that we don't know or that we haven't seen yet? Um, and, and I'm still not like as excited as I was for The Mandalorian for Andor, right? Because it's not as known a, a, of a thing as Mandalorian's was. is a very new character. But again, it feels like they know something. And so it's definitely piquing my interest. So I'm excited to see it. Especially t- two seasons. It's crazy um, without us even seeing the first. Uh, so yeah, insane. I think Tells of the Jedi looks amazing. It's literally... Coming off the backs of of, of the Clone Wars, which I just said is, is some of the best Star Wars, um, it just looks good. I feel like tells of the Jedi's, it, just like Mando, something you can hold on to. The way tells of the Jedi looks, it looks very Dave Filoni. <laughs> you know what I mean? It looks like, oh, okay. That I'm sure that'll be good. I'm sure all six episodes of that will be good. It's, it may not be the blockbuster Star Wars that we're looking for, but it's it, we know it's going to be pretty solid. Skeleton Crew, I don't even know what to think about this. Like you said, we didn't know it was being shot. I don't know where it came from. Man, I don't remember the last thing I seen ju Law in. I guess Fantastic Beasts, which whew, Lord have mercy. Less said about that, Less about that the better. Less said about that the better. He he just hasn't been picking the greatest projects for me lately. And um, even I didn't really like his depiction in I think Captain Marvel. I was like, eh, I don't, I'm not really feeling him here. Um, so so we'll have to see what even the TV show is and where it goes. Um, but I will say, man, Star Wars at least they're 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 t- they're trying. More than anything, they're trying. And and I think they're trying to give us Star Wars food until they're like, look, y'all, this is the next big movie. And so I I think I appreciate that about them. They're like, "Okay, we can't give them nothing. So let's try to come up with a new story. So I at least like that about it. But again, I definitely echo, you you know, your sentiments as like it doesn't feel like the thing that it used to feel like. When I seen episode one in theaters, it was a, you know what I'm saying? It's an event. And I, I can't wait until it's an event again um and so again until then we'll just be watching these shows
1: hopefully they can recapture that magic at a certain point it just you know it gets frustrating just every year every month whatever the case may be we just like have to question like oh yeah is that ryan johnson trilogy of movies still happening what's up with that taika ytt movie oh is patty jenkins still directing road squadron mm-hmm. like all these things that were announced so fucking long ago and we just have no idea about them like no updates at all that just becomes frustrating. I'm just going to have to be honest about that. But we can't really dwell on that since there is no movement. There, there, There's nothing to talk about. With with what we did see here, the Mandalorian, that is their proven, tried and true champion of shows. That is their flagship amongst all of these things. It's really the reason that they are doubling down so much in this strategy because of how successful the Mandalorian and Baby Yoda became. And really an overnight sensation and phenomenon. And so when season three comes, I'm going to be completely locked in. I can't wait. It's going to be epic. It's going to be amazing. And it's also been quite a while since we got season two i think it'll be about two and a half years in between the releases of season two and season three so very much looking forward to that these other things tales of the jedi the stuff they do with the clone wars is always like a plus it's just Dave filoni that whole team they just really know what they're doing if we can revisit the world and the era of the clone wars like every five years i'm i'm totally I'm fucking good. in for that 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 sounds yep. amazing like the main canonized show is finished but if they just want to revisit those characters and just, like, tap into them occasionally, that sounds brilliant to me. Mm-hmm. They did show, like, some exclusive footage of Ahsoka, which we know is also coming, I believe, next year. We didn't see any of that. There was, like, a picture floating around. Rosario Dawson still looks great. That just, you know, I, I was reminded of Ahsoka from 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 the whole Tales of the Jedi conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But Skeleton Crew don't have a real sense of what that is. Jude Law is kind of playing in his sandbox right now, just jumping from huge franchise to huge franchise <laughs> after... You know, spending That's about true. fifteen years just doing a lot of smaller movies, I think he's just like trying to have fun now, which I, I can't be mad at. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and or yeah, I I don't know. I I'm 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 now looking forward to it just based off of these trailers and how impressive they look and just the tone that they are striking. I do also like the fact that it feels like it's already defined what the show's going to be. It's going to be yeah. two seasons, 24 episodes, and that's it. And if you've seen Rogue One, spoiler alert, we know the ultimate fate of this guy. He that's dies, just like everybody facts. else. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So there's really only so much runway, and there will be time jumps in the show that take place over the course of years, but I just like that we have a defined roadmap for Andor to just like give us a clear-cut sense of, yes, this is going to be two seasons. It's going to be a very consolidated story I think in terms of what we would ultimately see from a lot of other Star Wars properties really focused and really isolated in that respect however it still will be influential and it's likely going to shape Everything that set forth the events of A New Hope and Rogue One and ultimately what the Rebellion came to be throughout the course of those movies. So I think that they had a pretty decent showing here. And so we'll just have to tap into those shows and see how the quality of them is when once they finally release. Let's talk about some Disney and Pixar stuff. So that actually happened yesterday on Friday. We're recording this again on Saturday. And so Disney and Pixar, they also have a lot of interesting announcements coming. I think that they are further delving into the remakes of a lot of their notable animated properties their beloved animated properties it seems like that trend is not really slowing down because of the prequels and the sequels and the remakes that are happening here that being said i i can't help but be excited about a couple of these because it's like wow that actually looks like it's going to be really really good first and foremost what might have actually stole the weekend if we're being honest is this little mermaid teaser trailer that they dropped because um We've known this movie was coming. we known Halle Bailey was going to be cast as Ariel in this movie. So we've been expecting it. I forgot about this movie. Funnily enough, I, I had, it dropped off my radar. I didn't realize it was coming out next year. Like I knew it, but it just wasn't something that was at the top of my mind. And so when they dropped this teaser trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, that is going to come out. It will be coming out next May. We got a very, very short look at this movie. But ultimately, we see Halle Bailey decked out as a mermaid and we actually get her voice and her singing of, of one of those really iconic songs from that movie. Um, let's just start there and talk about the little mermaid trailer. Cause again, I think that this is one of the bigger things that they actually dropped throughout the course of the weekend. Marvel or not, this kind of stole the show for them.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's just been so heavily anticipated f- just f- it was just so long, bro. Like if you listen to Holly, man, the way this girl sings is, it's it's Disney princess every time <laughs> it, it it only makes sense first and foremost that this girl is in this role and I love the the just the weight of black twitter when we first heard that this girl got cast as Ariel it's like my favorite thing on the internet at the time everyone was like oh, shit like it's about to go down i even seen a tweet yesterday when the uh when the dang trailer came out somebody was like we need to show up for this movie the same way we showed up for black panther and that's real spill because outside of Brandy, Cinderella, and 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 uh uh shoot, what? The Princess and the Frog, what other black princesses do we have? Like it's time to show up for, for the Little Mermaid um underwater, man. So again, I've been looking for this trailer for a long time. Even when you watch Grownish, where both Hallie and Chloe are in the TV show, they had to cover up Hallie's hair. Like if you see her on that TV show, you could tell they were shooting Little Mermaid because her hair's dyed red. But her hair was always wrapped, and sometimes you can see like a little red (laughs) coming from her hair wrap. And I'm like, uh huh, we know what you're doing. I know you're in this show, but you probably left work and went straight to that uh, that Disney set. We see what you're doing, Hallie. So I've been looking forward to this for a very long time, man. Her voice is beautiful. She's beautiful. The Little Mermaid's about to be amazing. It's going. This is like the one Disney movie that. I think will be one of the most heavily anticipated for a long time. I'm trying to think what's like another recent one that was like, no, nah, this is about to be big. And I think kind of, even though it was disappointing, was live action Lion King, right? Where we were like, ooh, this is very anticipated. Sure, we're a little disappointed by it, but this movie here, I think it, I think people are gonna pull up for the Little Mermaid. So I have to agree. I think it stole the weekend. It's only like a minute twenty. We barely seen anything. We seen her, her hair. <laughs> she sang three notes we, we seen flounder not even flounder's face we seen flounder's tail there was no Sebastian in it and it's still stole the weekend and it's like proof of how big I think this movie is about to be um, so yeah man I, I can't say how excited I am for this man I, I've never been like the biggest Little Mermaid guy only because I read the real story like oh, a long time ago and I was like damn y'all niggas is lying that's not how the story goes yeah. but it's okay In the
1: you in don't the say Disney, Disney lying those- and reinterpreting things <laughs> they exactly. love they love to take some shit and change it up dramatically hey,
0: hey y'all better read about pocahontas too because that's not what you think it is either. oh my um, god that,
1: <laughs> that's egregious what they did there
0: egregious uh but little mermaid man i i have to say i'm excited for this i haven't been excited for like live musical disney like this in a while and, and that's i think that's saying something um so yeah i'm super excited
1: you know, the Little Mermaid animated film has a very distinct and special place in the history of Walt Disney animation. That was the film that really turned it around for them and and kicked off the Disney renaissance of the 90s that brought them back to prominence because for many, many years there, they were kind of floundering. They had movies come out and they had films like The Black Cauldron come out, you know, that were very expensive, but just ultimately didn't give them the return that they expected. And so it took a lot of changing of the guards it took a lot of vision to really implement this new renaissance of Disney animated films that were going to come out and just ultimately like what they were going to look like and be and how what what, what was their new identity going to be going into the 90s and that was a very very important and pivotal time for them and The Little Mermaid kickstarted all of that because you look at the success of years after The Little Mermaid came out you had those other follow up films like Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and The Lion King and they just were steamrolling every single year after that and it was, it was just the the hugest boom period i think ever and so the little mermaid kind of feels like their last huge movie that they can adapt for live action mm-hmm. we know what the trend has been they've already adapted a lot of the big ones they've done jungle book and lion king they even really did sleep in beauty with maleficent mm-hmm. they've done just everything you know aladdin just came out a few years ago and so little mermaid kind of feels like the last big one there's other ones you know i'm hercules sure that'll coming. that'll come out hercules has the potential to be there you know yeah. it, it Hercules is one of those it feels like one of those movies that it kind of grew over time what the reputation of that one was mm-hmm. and I think uh they have Absolutely. a they have a chance to make it even bigger here but Little mermaid is uh it's a it's a bit of a phenomenon and I think uh, as you said the anticipation level is going to be there for this one and the excitement the problem is is one I really just hope the movie's good because these live action adaptations have been spotty at best for me there have been a couple of really good ones but a yeah. lot of them have been very mediocre in my eyes and secondly what ultimately is like the shame of it all is the fact that there's going to be a lot of people that come out who are racist who are going to say some hateful shit it's just becoming the trend so much this hateful rhetoric about miss you know casting and recasting and what what this all looks like and we've seen it with the lord of the rings recently and we see it with house of the dragon and star Wars. like every mm-hmm. every fandom is dealing with this now and i'm just over it i'm very yes. much over like this conversation Coming back up, I'm just hoping that the love for the movie, if it's good, I'm hoping that the love for the movie will ultimately just circumvent mm-hmm. any hate that that comes forth. And if it is good, if it is a quality movie, then I think it will. I think the the the, the positivity will reign supreme in that conversation. Um, let's talk about Lion King, though, since you brought it up. So we, we got an official title for the Lion King prequel that'll be coming out in 2024, directed by Barry Jenkins. That film will be entitled Mufasa, the Lion King uh, creative and it'll be starring Aaron Pierre and Kelvin Harrison Jr. They're going to be voicing young Simba and young Scar, not Simba, excuse me, young Mufasa and young Scar, I presume. I don't know if they've determined who's who, or at least they haven't publicly said they, they've obviously determined that. But I don't think publicly they told us who's playing who's who. Um, but, it, you know, we knew this movie was coming. The Lion King came out a few years ago, the live action one, as you said. A little bit disappointed by that one. I was a lot disappointed by that one, just because mm. it was it was a weird experiment. But it was a huge hit. It was a phenomenon, just like everything the Lion King is. It made a ton yeah, of money, right. and so I think it was uh no surprise to to see that they were going to do a prequel. But this is this is a little bit different because now they're going beyond source material. Really, there there have been other Lion King stories. There have been sequels and things that have been ultimately brought to life to to really flesh out this world and this story. But this is kind of new territory for them. So. I don't know if you have any thoughts or hopes about this, because we only really have a title at this point, but what, what do you think about just like them moving forward with a, a Lion King prequel in general?
0: Well, as to who's playing who, Aaron Pierre already kind of looks like Scar. So I think it should be Scar. Um, <laughs> but, True. man, um, I love Barry Jenkins, bro. I have very clear biases when Barry Jenkins is on a project, because he's just very, I don't know, he always has some kind of style to what he does. And so... I think him coming into this is I, I'm gonna still have my 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 skepticism towards it just because of what the last Lion King was, but because it's Barry Jenkins, it adds something for me that I'm like, ooh, okay, I let's do that. Like, let what what does he have up his sleeve? And it's funny you hear it's like, oh, we've seen the ton of Mufasa and the Lion King, but again, it's like. I'm sure this guy has something he's bringing to the table because he always has an idea. Nothing Barry Jenkins has, he always has an idea, and so again, there's biases there it's because I really like him as a filmmaker, um, and there's also fraternity bias there. But he's a he, he's really good man, um, and so I think he'll he'll bring something new to the table. So we'll see what happens. Again, it's part skepticism, skepticism, but also part like, man, Barry Jenkins, I'm a little excited about this. So we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, he's an incredible filmmaker. Very, very talented. So the faith would be into him. And, you know, we'll just have to see, you know, what they what they did with the live action. And I put that in air quotes. You can't see it, but I put that in air quotes because it's not really live action. It's just <laughs> hyper realistic animation, right. if we're being honest about it. That just that didn't play for a lot of people. It did make a lot of money. But I know a lot of people just had criticisms like. Yo, what made the Lion King so successful was just the fact that they used that traditional 2D animation. You could be so expressive with these animals. You can be so expressive with Simba and Mufasa, and you can actually see how they're feeling. And you can't really achieve that when you have these photorealistic lions on screen who are singing. It just There's a weird disconnect that happens there. So I think that they have a, a challenge ahead of them in terms of trying to quell those concerns that people have about just... nature of watching this type of story so i don't know if they're going to change it dramatically i don't know what that's Mm -hmm. ultimately going to look like and then just from a musicality standpoint what does that even mean and look like are they going to make a lot of original music probably or is this going to be potentially a more straightforward adaptation of overall like the story of mufasa and do something a little bit just more dramatic in that sense i don't know a lot of details that we still have to find out we did get a new trailer for disenchanted which is going to be coming out this november this is the sequel to the Enchanted movie that came out in 2007. I've never seen Enchanted. It's been something I've been meaning to watch for a a long time, but I've never seen it, but... I will watch it before Disenchanted comes out because it's right there. So um, I did watch this trailer. though. I did watch the Disenchanted trailer just to get a sense of like what this movie is going to look like. It looks great. It looks like that they got pretty much the entire cast back from that original story. And they are keeping with a lot of the same style of of that original movie. But what are your thoughts on this? And and how excited are you for for the Disenchanted movie?
0: Yeah, man. So the original Enchanted, it's crazy because when you think about it in hindsight, or I remember when it first came out. It just felt like, I don't know, I remember people, people like trashing it. I don't know where that came from. Maybe we were like weird teenagers, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it is like middle school age. But And then you look at it and you're like, wait, this movie did what critically? It did crazy critically. It's really, really good critically. In fact, it also got a, a really decent box office too. Um, it made three hundred and forty mil, which is... I'm pretty sure it didn't cost that much to make. Um, and, and, and it, so it's it's crazy to see them X amount of years later coming out with a sequel. Uh, but I think that movie is became even more beloved after it was on TV. I remember being on TV a lot. I was like, whoa, is that Enchanted on TV again? Oh, is that Enchanted on TV again? And so I think it, it has the makings to be bigger even than what the 2007 movie was. The only question is, again, I don't know where the interest lies for people. In this movie, it looks really good. Uh, I I would love to go see it. I'm definitely going to go see it. I'm going to be there like a big little kid when I watch the movie the first time. Um, but I'm am just, just interested to see what the what people do when this movie comes out. Like, are are they gonna, you know, f- flood both theaters and whenever it comes out on disney plus like what it what does it look like um i think so it's we'll straight to, to disney plus in fact straight to disney plus mm-hmm. so yeah I, I'm, I'm very curious like how many people are really gonna are, are gonna watch it and yeah because it's weird it feels like damn we don't talk about enchanted a lot you know what i mean so I'm, I'm like yeah i'm just i'm just very interested to see where that interest lies but we'll see when it comes out on disney plus to see here, how many people click that play button how Twitter talks about it. I'm I'm very interested in that stuff. But again, for me, I'm very excited to watch it. It's a good movie, and I think they're they're doing a uh, somewhat a service and in, uh, in for, for for them doing a sequel here. I think it's really cool.
1: It might be smart to have this on Disney Plus. To your point, just like wondering about the general interest as well. If you want to wonder about that, I think if, if the first film, Enchanted, if it gained an audience over the years, over the past 15 years, and then you put it out on streaming, you have both movies side by side, people can just marathon them. And it's coming out over Thanksgiving, so you automatically have that family appeal there. So this might be the best play for them to, to re- release it directly to, to Disney Plus in that end. But yeah, I'm definitely going to check out the first one to be to be ready for the second one just to see like how it all plays out. We did get a few other announcements on the theatrical side. So we found out Snow White, which is going to be starring Rachel Zegler and gal Gadot. that's going to be coming out in 2024 also inside out 2 a new pixar movie Ooh-wee. the sequel to the first inside out which came out in 2015 that officially was announced that'll be coming out summer 2024 and last but not least a new pixar film i believe it's pixar elemental is going to be coming next year mm-hmm. june 2023 in fact and so quite a few announcements also on that front snow white again another adaptation of one of their popular animated movies going to be live action inside out 2 was a I mean, the first Inside Out was a massive hit when it came out. That was incredible movie. I think it's one of the best Pixar movies they've ever done. It's mm-hmm. it's just really, really an amazing story. So the fact that they're doing a sequel there makes sense to me. And then Elemental, um, th- this is an original thing. So I love when they you know tap into to more original stories and, and introduce us to new characters and something that we haven't gotten before. So don't have much. We got to poster and a picture and a bit of a synopsis for it about what the story ultimately look, looks like. But, it, you know, all, all good stuff here for me. Nothing, nothing that concerns me. Again, Snow White we knew about Inside Out 2. That was, like, spoiled technically a couple of days ago, but considering that's, like, one of my more favorite Pixar movies, I'm good mm-hmm. for that. And then El- El- Elemental, of course. I'm just gonna have to wait and see what that ultimately looks like.
0: Yeah, we heard about Snow White a long time ago. I don't think we didn't know when it was happening, but we knew Rachel Zegler was tied to it. It was, like, maybe even before... Um she was in uh, uh what's the movie oh what's that story uh, yeah, that story they we announced that before, cast before that before right? came out yeah yeah i was like dang i think we knew this for a long time but i it's crazy because i'm like is gal gadot the evil <laughs> like what is, is she i would assume witch? so like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out like where does gal gadot fit in this i think that's that's super interesting i'm even more interested in if i want to see like what they do with the dwarves idea, you know, I think that that that's yeah. something that will will either peak, make or break my interest in this movie, even though I'm probably going to see it regardless it's Disney. There's always going to be some interest there. But in terms of, you know, they, they really were like <laughs> really cool in, in, in terms of Snow White. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do there. 2024 is also it's like a long time, but not a long time. So it'll pop up on us before we know it. Inside Out 2, man, huge. They're they're um giving us new emotions, too. Which I heard, I was like, I don't know what emotions those are, but I'm afraid <laughs> to, to see what, what else they can come up with because they got the basics down to in Inside Out 1. But absolutely one of the best Pixar movies ever. Um, this this is also on the nerdy side of things for Desmond and Jordan. You've seen that Criterion is now partnering with To Make a Wally, uh, uh, e yes. which is co- coming out in November. I oh, um, can't wait. So I love that Disney... In, in Pixar, they're starting to potentially source some, some of their stuff out, man. Um so I Wally being on Criterion is gonna be first of all that movie's so underrated like when people say oh my god what Pixar movies do you love? I'm like Did y'all watch Wally? Do y'all it's understand incredible. like the just the story It's what they were trying to say in that movie is insane. Um and it's a Pixar movie it's crazy man. Um uh, but yeah Inside Out 2 happening here uh it's such a surprise I like Pixar doesn't do a lot of sequels you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so them doing this is 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 I think it's really cool. Especially that means they have an idea, and I think that's important when you have an idea. Speaking of ideas, I think Elemental is a great idea, a love story of a water man and a fire woman, and they can't touch each other, but they still love each other. It's crazy. I don't even know how that works right um but i I love the little tagline that says opposites react and it's like hmm that's a little spicy i also love the memes coming out of this that everybody's saying he looked like osmosis jones the water man i think it's hilarious Mm -hmm. i actually thought about like a a weird scenario where like there's an osmosis jones and it's chris rock but but dricks ends up being will smith
1: (laughs) oh no jesus (laughs) christ oh my goodness (laughs)
0: I was like, man, that's some crazy why. But people will pull up to Osmosis Jones movie Ozzy and Drix as Will Smith uh, 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 and Chris Rock. I just thought it was funny idea. Um, but yeah, man, I think I think uh, I think Pixar has a lot of good stuff coming up, man. They have they have some stuff in their pockets. Really, Disney Animation has a lot of stuff in their pockets um, that it looks like coming up. So I'm excited to see uh, which one of the, which of these land. Um, they haven't been hitting on all cylinders recently. Some stuff has been, um, but but we'll have to see if they can start to be consistent again. But the stuff so far, it looks pretty hopeful.
1: Yeah, they have to really reclaim their glory because ever since the pandemic threw things off and they started releasing stuff strictly on Disney Plus, they have now rebounded since then. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually been it's been a trend that we're noticing uh, as much as the recent Lightyear release, which that was a very average movie at best, and it didn't even present to them re- the returns that they thought like mm-hmm. buzz lightyear is one of the most notable ip that you own and this is one of the lower grossing pixar movies ever Crazy. now they did also produce turning red this year which i think is a, a pretty amazing yep. film but the fact that that did not get the full theatrical release and it was just on disney plus it's like oh damn that's a shame you know because mm-hmm. it could have had a bigger a bit of a bigger splash in, in that sense so i think that they have a lot of work pixar has a lot of work to do to really reclaim just the name of who they used to be. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's almost similar to Star Wars, uh, funnily enough. I think that they, they're kind of in a similar position, just it's just because of different circumstances they've they've both like kind of gone down a a bit of a different road than i think what we're accustomed to seeing them Mm -hmm. seeing them in but ultimately i think these are some smart plays some smart announcements so we'll have to see um some other disney plus projects we found out about so iwaju is a futuristic coming of age story gonna be set in lagos nigeria that's coming to disney plus in 2023 i believe they first announced this at disney investor day a couple of years ago i I feel like I feel mm-hmm. like they first mentioned it because this 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 sounds familiar. Absolutely. But we got, we got a screenshot, like an actual first official look of it. Not a trailer, but just a screenshot um, of a still from that show. And again, we do have a description. And then we also found out that Peter Pan and Wendy is going to be another, I believe, live action ad- adaptation of their animated movie that's going to be coming out on Disney Plus in 2023, too. I mean, we have 75 Peter Pan movies at this point. I, I really don't know if we needed another one. There's just so much out there it's also interesting to see just again the strategy of these things because some of these some of these live action movies that are adapting their animated films they have made the decision to just drop them on Disney Plus like Pinocchio just came out this past weekend mm-hmm. and One, it's getting terrible reviews, but, you know, it's also on Disney+. Plus. It's just sitting there on streaming, so they probably already knew, like, yeah, we can't put this on screens in theaters. Um, Or even, like, Lady and the Tramp a few years ago. I'm I'm just – I don't know what the decision-making is. You know, maybe it's just, like, the research that they put into this to find out, like, is there an audience for this? Mm -hmm. Little Mermaid, absolutely. This is going to make hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. That's an easy shoe-in to put that in theaters. Whereas, like, a Pinocchio story, although, like – that's one of their masterpieces that's one of their greatest films they'll throw that on Disney plus and they're doing the same thing with Peter Pan and Wendy here so I'm just kind of I'm just interested to know more like what what's making them go specific routes with just like these choices as to as to what they put on Disney plus versus what they put in theaters
0: yeah it's 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 so interesting man it's like a it's a very tough I don't know if race is the word but it's a very tough thing to balance you know what I mean and, and, and it seems like I just don't know it's just a weird time. That we're in, uh, and, and to tell what audiences I think are gonna grasp, uh, onto in terms of this whole Disney Plus thing, man. You can have the most subscribers in the world, but what does that mean for the quality of your content, right? A lot of people, of course, look at Disney Plus as like a, this is our 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 gl- relive our glory days, right? A lot of people aren't going to Disney Plus for a lot of the new content per se. You know what I'm saying? I know people buying this for their kids to watch freaking Aristocats. um so it's it's yeah it's just interesting to see where where they fit in and and how they're trying to reel people in or keep people reeled in um with a lot of these original stories and movies coming out on disney plus especially when they're resurfacing so many old i think ideas right pinocchio is like okay it's one thing for disney to redo it and it's another thing for Guillermo Del Toro to redo it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, did you have to do this when you know Guillermo's probably about to switch up this whole shit up? It's like, <laughs> I like I don't know, man. It's just I, I I, wonder about the way the way they move sometimes, because of course it's nothing but IP throw-up, right? They want to get as much money as they can, and, and it just sucks. It's just the Disney. It's the Disney effect. It just sucks sometimes, because it's like, you don't have to do this. <laughs> you can come up with new original things that without the ip throw up and they just that most of the time it feels like they don't care so um but yeah it's 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 an interesting definitely a interesting uh thing to balance
1: yeah they and they and they and they, and they you know to their credit they do come up with new ideas certainly amongst like pixar disney animation but it just for some reason like these the, these other things where they're just taking ip that's already existed and they're just reinterpreting it for a new audience a new mm-hmm. generation it just feels so overwhelming yeah. where it's like that, that that's really what it feels like the focus is on like yes I'm excited for hocus Pocus 2 but of
0: course
1: we're getting this movie 30 years later and then they're doing mm-hmm. like sister Act 3 30 years later it's like you know okay what what what's going on here exactly. I know that that's just the era that we're living in that's just that's the nature of the game everything is getting a sequel everything from yesteryear is getting a follow-up in some sense of the word but for some reason the Disney effect of it does feel so overwhelming I think it's because In addition to the the movies that we also get, like their whole brand is overwhelming. You know, you go to the theme parks and you see these things, you turn on Disney channel or Disney streaming network and you see these things like they're everywhere. You go to Disney merchandise, like all of these things are Mm -hmm. always a part of our lives. There's Broadway shows like Peter Pan and and Pinocchio and Lion King. Like they never really leave your life. Like Mm -hmm. once they're there, they're forever there, you know? So I think even when we get new announcements about reinterpretations, reimaginings, whatever the case may be, it just feels like, Oh, we're doing this again. Like, like, Another one, you know, again, there's a, Peter Pan. I, I can't confirm if it's like a public domain character, but even like other studios have done Peter Pan stories, you know, about yeah. about that character. And so it's just like, wow, uh, what 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 more do we really have to say here? And so we'll have to see. But that Iwaju movie. Uh, I think it's a movie or it's series. A, series. a series. It's a series. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that too. I mean, look, Lagos, Nigeria, great. we're talking about, you know, African characters. I, Absolutely. I think that that's incredible. Um, so there, there's a big opportunity there. Um, let's last wrap up by talking about some video game announcements. They did have a Marvel Disney game showcase. The two big ones. I think we should know first midnight Suns, um, which is a game we've already known. That's going to be coming. Um, it's going to be coming out December 2nd, but they're also releasing a set of prequel shorts, on the YouTube channel for Midnight Suns, which is actually gonna be starting on Halloween, October thirty first, I guess is a way to get us ready for the characters that are gonna be a part of this game, most notably Wolverine, Captain America, Captain Marvel, Blade, Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. Apparently a set of them are getting prequel shorts on the YouTube channel, which I didn't even know. You told me about it before we started recording. I watched and I was like, wait a second, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, so what do you thought about what, what do you think about just like what, what those prequel shorts might ultimately mean and just the game coming out ultimately this year before before everything wraps up. Yeah, it was
0: weird that, like, really coming into the game showcase um, that we knew was coming out this year, but nobody knew when. In fact, it was supposed to come out, like, right now. (laughs) Everyone's like, uh, Everyone's like, okay, where the hell is Midnight Suns? In fact, many speculated that it would get pushed back to next year. And so it it was really nice to see that like, "Okay, now it's coming out December 2nd, y'all." We're like, "Okay, bad. Finally. This is this feels more the most concrete date <laughs> that you've given us because it's so close um in in after what you promised. So, I'm 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 with that. Um this fall for video games, by the way, is insane, y'all. I could name them all, but you would be like, "Damn, y'all, y'all it's too much going on." Um the prequel shorts are really they look like they're about to be hella dope, and I need y'all to watch them with me <laughs> um again they, they start on October 31st but they did a, a kind of character introduction short to to really um introduce us the idea of them coming out with shorts starting on, starting on Halloween and that introduction short was really dope y'all the character designs for the shorts look really good the 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 art looks really good the colors are beautiful to me they're very it speaks Midnight Suns um and one of the coolest things about Midnight Suns coming out is just the villain it's like Lilith and the other demons and it looks dark, like Midnight Suns is supposed to be. And so it looks like a lot of good content coming out. So I'm excited to see these these prequel shorts. I hope they're as good as that introduction short was. Um but yeah, it's 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 looking it's looking looking really good on the Midnight Suns of things. I'm hoping the prequel shorts are legit. When I when they say prequel, I hope they're like, This is what happened before Midnight Suns. Now you open the game, now you understand where we are let's let's get it cracking like i'm hoping that's what they're for and if so i think that's a crazy idea a lot of people haven't had before like it's not just a trailer for a game you know what i mean it's like no we're gonna give you some story beats for some youtube shorts and then you can go play the game i'm like damn that's a really cool idea and something i've never thought i thought about before and i don't think a lot of people have done before so i'm looking forward to those
1: nice and different and new i remember a few years ago they came out with a bunch of marvel anime series they did like Mm. an anime series for wolverine and x-men and blade forgot about those and I forgot that they had done those. I think that those might be on Disney Plus. And I was like, man, that stuff was so cool when they could just take characters, give them to a different set of artists to just do something completely new mm-hmm. with them. And it feels like that. It kind of reminded me of that. So, yeah, those prequel shorts I'm excited about. Definitely ahead of the game. And then the other big announcement that we that we also found out about is that they are, in fact, developing a new a brand new narrative story storyline in a new game with Skydance New Media. And there's no official title for this game, but the two lead stars will be Black Panther, but the Azuri Black Panther, who's the grandfather of... T'Challa, as well as Captain America, and it will in fact be set during World War II. There's also two other characters because they used the mm-hmm. tagline that there's four heroes. They didn't really confirm who those other two heroes might be. Probably another Wakandan soldier, and maybe somebody else along with Steve Rogers, presumably, yeah, like a spy possibly, or
0: something. Yeah.
1: yeah, maybe spy. You know, maybe some offshoot of Bucky. I don't know. Lots to still be determined with this game. Not really any information out there, but it has me excited. The thought of a game that partners Black Panther and Captain America during World War II sounds fucking incredible to me. I'm yes. definitely on board with that idea. Uh, also, found out that Mark Bernardin is the writer for the game, who I'm a big fan of Mark Bernardin. He's also like the co host of Kevin Smith's podcast, Fat Man mm-hmm. Beyond. And I, I had no idea he was writing the game, but found out he's going to be, I think, the lead writer for it. So, again, not much information don't even have a release date at this point i don't think it's just like one of those things that's just like floating out there probably 2 or 3 years away from it at least but sounds exciting to me i just think the premise of having captain america and black panther be the two protagonists that you would play as is just like that's enough of a that's enough of a a, a hook to get me to buy into this
0: they're trying to prove that captain america wasn't racist it's hilarious um but i i love the idea that azuri up like of course if black panther have been passed down you you know all these generations that no matter what time period we're in there's probably a black panther present so i love that they're going with azuri here as the black panther to accompany captain america and world war ii i think that's some really cool shit bro like it's like a they, they i'm telling y'all they got some good ideas over here with these video games y'all <laughs> i'm just hoping they can pull through. like every time marvel slash uh uh well just marvel has a good idea for a video game it's like okay just give us the execution, <laughs> and we're good. Um, and they don't always land. Sometimes they do. Hence, Spider Man, crazy. Um, and so I, I, I think they again they have the makings here. Just give us the game, and 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 and, and bring it home, man. But I, again, I love these ideas, and I can't wait to play these. I think they're going to be really dope.
1: And also, I think the uh, the creator behind the game, Amy Hennig was responsible for Uncharted as well. So she has a pedigree. She has an established pedigree for a very successful video game franchise mm-hmm. to perfectly set, it's a good set up what this world is going to be. So yeah, a- absolutely in good hands. So can't wait to get more details on that. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, that's all we have for this episode of two black nerds. Thank you again for tuning into another podcast. We will of course be back this upcoming Tuesday to talk about all the latest movies that we've seen, including barbarian, which drops in theaters this weekend. We also got to talk about Elvis on HBO max, as well as orphan first kill, on Paramount Plus and then we will as usual recap and react to episode 4 of the Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon and be sure to tune in next Friday as we review and recap episode 5 of She-Hulk Attorney at Law so plenty to look forward to over the coming week but until then we'll see y'all next time
0: with that being said y'all we are Audi 5000 please check out our Nerds of Thunder collection at TwoBlackNerds.com. blacknerdscom this is the year of 2022 Black Nerds and remember always bet on Black appreciate y'all love y'all thank you for listening to another episode we're two black nerds over two black. too nerdy, and we out, y'all. Peace. packet full of blue cheese and green relish. i got a cash fetish. I've studying love me my This love me eat up, I don't need know we my